What's going on, y'all, and welcome back to the No Limit Lab. I'm your host, Eloy, and today I'm going to be going over and reviewing and talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the brand new TV series for Star Wars on Disney+. Plus. Now, guys, this has been one of my most anticipated series uh, and shows that uh, is coming up, that came out this year, and um, I'm going to be very honest. I'm going to give my opinion, and uh, everybody else is entitled to their own opinion, but my opinion is solely mine, and I'm going to do my best to... Um, just let you guys know what I thought about this. They, uh, I was right. They did release part one and part two. It seems like that's what a lot of Disney, um, and maybe not just Disney, but a lot of um, uh, companies or corporations now are doing with their TV shows. When the season starts, they just tend to release two episodes, sometimes three. With Even with Peacemaker, they released three episodes um, when it first came out. And I think that's maybe to hook the viewer in a little bit more. Like, oh my God, we got all this stuff coming out at once um, versus like, you know, slowly giving you parts at a time, because, you know, if they would have released part one by itself of this show, I think that people might not have, I think that people probably would have, like, been, eh, and just been like, well, that's it, even though it's, you know, it's pretty, it's, it's about 55 minutes, 55 minutes, and, uh, the next episode's around, like, mm, it's around like 30 minutes, 35 minutes, which is a little, you know, I, I, the episode is titled, uh, I'm not titled, they're parts one and part two is what they're called. Um, the first one is, like I said, 55 minutes, um, but that's five minutes of credits, five minutes of, at the beginning of the episode, there's a recap of Obi-Wan's life leading up to Anakin turning into Darth Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith. So that's it's basically a recap for people who have never seen the prequels up to what happened um up to where we are now 10 years after revenge of the sith so and then part two uh, it's five minutes of credits towards the end and you know you know i i'm not really i'm not i'm gonna say this again i keep saying this i'm not a fan of these 45 minute you know episodes because you guys have the money. Disney has the money. Give us an hour long. If these other shows can do hour long, give us an hour long. Now, one might say, well, the other shows have commercials and they're actually 45 minutes. I don't care. Disney Plus doesn't have commercials. So give us an hour long worth of content. Hell, make it an hour and five minutes if you want to fit those five minute credits in there. I'm not, I am so tired of the formulaic, oh, five minutes of credits. Uh, and, you know, sometimes the recaps at the beginning can be up to three minutes, two, two to three minutes. This one I didn't mind at the first episode because it was Revenge. It was, you know, everything up to Revenge of the Sith. But minor little um, thing I don't really like there. Um, one thing I will say I don't like about the show. Um, I don't like how there's no transitions. Where's the transitions? This is Star Wars. I want to see the transitions. I don't like the whole I don't like how they change scenes. If you guys know what I mean, like in regular movies, they, uh, the transitions of scenes are just like point A, point B, here we are here. And then here we are now star Wars. There's supposed, there's usually like a slash in the screen and it, it transitions. It's there's star Wars transitions and we don't have, we don't have any of that. Now I'm trying to remember if book of Boba had that. I want to say it did the Mandalorian. I want to say it did. And I could be wrong here. I could be completely wrong. And that's my fault for not knowing that, but it's a minor grievance with me that I'm like, it could have added to the effect of it being Star Wars. So, um, I don't like that. But, 
enough of me. I'll get into more what I do and don't like about the show. Um, let's get started. Part one of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm, I'm going to call it Obi-Wan Kenobi, a Star Wars story on Disney Plus. So that's just sounds a lot better. I, I thought it was just called Kenobi. It's not. I thought it was just called. I, I didn't know it was just called Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's kind of just hard saying, you know, it just sounds a little weird. Oh, let's go watch Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like out of context, I can mean a lot of things. Let's go watch Obi-Wan Kenobi. What in the what movie? No, I mean, let's go watch the show. Oh, but I don't know. I'm going to call it Obi-Wan Kenobi, a Star Wars story. That's what we're going to call it. Or Kenobi, a Star Wars story. That sounds a lot better. Anyway, so part one of Kenobi, a Star Wars story. Not the official title, but what I'm calling it. Um, so we start off with a recap, about a five-minute recap, like a five, three, five-minute, or three or a five-minute recap of Revenge of, the, of uh, Anakin first being introduced to Obi-Wan when he was a Padawan, Obi-Wan that is, all the way through episode two to episode three, Revenge of the Sith. So for casual viewers who aren't that big a fan of Star Wars but want to check the show out, this will be a part where you need to pay attention so you can kind of get a background of um, the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi and also, too, um, the character of Anakin Skywalker, who turns into Darth Vader. Now, that is, this is watching that little recap is not saying don't watch the prequels. Go watch the prequels. You're going you're gonna to have to sit through some corny dialogue, some corny dialogue, but the scenes with Anakin and Obi-Wan where they're like brothers, but like a big brother and a younger brother where the younger brother thinks he knows more than the older brother and the older brother has to set him straight. You will, you will like those scenes. And that's coming from experience from me watching, growing up with Star Wars. So we start off with, um, after the uh, recap, we start off with um, the Inquisitors landing on Tatooine. And the Inquisitors are looking for um, uh, a Jedi on Tatooine. Now, um, the third sister, her name is Reva. She's the black girl in the show. She's the one that was in most of the trailers. The Grand Inquisitor is the bald guy that, unless Disney fixed this, I, I could have swore I saw his eyes were, like, brown. Brown, had brown eyes and then in the trailer. And then in the show, he has yellow eyes, which they might have fixed in post-production. After all the fans complaining, which rightfully so, you should have, you need to fix that type of stuff. Don't be, it's such a simple, it's like giving Cad Bane green eyes. Cad Bane doesn't have green eyes. He's got red eyes. Grand Inquisitor has yellow eyes. And then I'm pretty sure that his eyes were re like brown. And then they, when he got angry, they turned yellow. I'm not sure. Maybe that's just the thing that he does. Like his species does. I'm not sure, but hey, they fixed it. That was great. Thank you for fixing that. He's looking for a Jedi. He's with another guy there. I believe he's the... I forgot which brother he is. Which Inquisitor... Okay, so for those of you who don't know what an Inquisitor is, an Inquisitor is are basically these Force-sensitive beings that work for, uh, the, uh, work for the Empire, and they hunt Jedi. They hunt Jedi, and they, uh, they interrogate people to find where our hidden Jedi are after Order 66. That's their main job. And the Grand Inquisitor oversees all of them, and then above them, obviously, is Vader and Palpatine. Which, you know, obviously they are. So the, the Inquisitors, there's multiple Inquisitors, but their jobs are basically to track down Jedi, hunt and kill Jedi, and they have ways of doing it, ways of seeking out Jedi. And the Grand Inquisitor gives a good speech that a Jedi, um, Jedi doing, Jedi doing good is like an itch. They can't just stop. They have to scratch that itch, and if somebody's in danger, they have to help. And they're interrogating the owner of the bar, and the owner of the bar is just, like, kind of getting sweated by them. And they're just trying to, like, yo, like, let's, 
like where's this jedi we we know you might know where the jedi is and they're trying to just sweat him basically and reva the third sister who um here's the thing she comes off very arrogant she comes off very like she knows it all um she comes off and you know what i forgot to mention something this is my bad um Right at the beginning of the episode, we got a flashback of Order 66 in the Jedi Temple. These uh, younglings and a Jedi were there. They were training. They were practicing. And all of a sudden, these 501st clones come in and they start shooting. That was a, that was a great scene. I forgot to mention that. That was such a cool scene, seeing Order 66 go down. I hope we get more Order 66 flashbacks in the future. That way we can see Anakin at just fucking full evil, just killing Jedi. Um, but I, I'm sorry I forgot to mention that, that it, that's... That's a big part that I forgot to mention. That's my bad. But, yes. So, we got a flashback. And uh, we see all these younglings. And eventually, they, they they look like they're trying to escape while all the battle is going down. And then we get the the show starts. And then the Inquisitors. And then the bar scene where they're trying to interrogate the owner. Um, right off the bat, I knew right away. Riva is obviously one of the kids that's in Order 66. That's obvious. All Inquisitors, Most of the Inquisitors are usually fallen Jedi that have turned to the dark side. So... Right off the bat, I'm calling right now that Reva is one of the kids that escaped during Order 66, and maybe she saw, maybe she's jealous of, that Kenobi wasn't there to help her, maybe she knows about Master Obi-Wan Kenobi at the time, so I'm gonna just going to put that out there, I believe she's one of the Jedi that escaped during Order 66 at the beginning of this show. Back to the, where we are. Um, so they're interrogating this guy, she gets a blade, and she throws the blade at him, and right before the blade hits him in the head, the Jedi reveals himself and stops the blade. They chase after the Jedi and they try to basically get him. And it's just a whole thing. Um, we then are introduced to um, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan who is working on a... Um, I'm not sure where exactly this is. It looks... Some I thought he was living here at first. Or I thought this was like a little... A smaller town area. But it, it turns out it's not. It's um, a little area where he clocks in and clocks out he he has a job i'm it looks like some sort of meat from maybe um one of those giant snakes what are they called the um i don't remember but um they're cutting up meat from something and it looks like that's just part of his job it's like like in a, a meat factory or a, a warehouse where they um a butcher shop or something like that a, a, he's a butcher but not in the sense of like he makes good money you can tell that these are all people that are scratching to get by and they're just doing their best to make the small amount of money so they can survive on Tatooine. And he's doing a very good job of, you know, blending in and trying to um, uh, stay undercover. That's his job. He can't, he's not, he's not the type of guy that's like, you know what, I'm going to just, I'm going to reveal myself. I, I got to keep a low profile. So we see him clock out and the whole thing about the Jedi, the Jedi um, basically can't resist the urge to help people. Uh, a guy is trying to clock out and, um, the guy, uh, one of the guys who runs the, not a foreman, uh, I guess a shift supervisor there, uh, just like, it's just being an asshole towards him. And you could see Obi-Wan kind of like, look, like he wants to help, but he knows if he does, it's going to arouse suspicion around him and he might lose his job. So he kind of just moves on forward. Um, and also too, I kind of want to note, um, if he's kind of trying to be undercover and not really like arouse suspicion he probably shouldn't steal some of the meat for himself before he gets off of his shift you know um i know obviously there's no cameras there it's just in the middle of the desert 
of Tatooine. So it's like, but still, like, it's kind of like a, okay, just, you know, try not to steal and do your best not to steal. Unless he's using some, well, I don't think he's using the Force. He hasn't, he can't be using the Force to be able to, like, block out them being able to see them. Because I know they do, they've done that in Star Wars before where Jedi has been able to basically use the Force to where um, these lower life form beings that can't even fathom being able to use abilities such as that to kind of blind their vision so they can't see them. I'm trying to remember what they use that in. It, uh, I don't remember, exactly remember. But yeah, he probably shouldn't be stealing if he doesn't want to be no, uh, noticed or seen. But I digress. Uh, so we move on, uh, he leaves and he gets on this transport slash, um, like a commuter train little thing, a, a commuter, uh, I don't know, like people who commute to work, they ride in these, um, either a bus or they ride in a van and they commute to their, uh, their job. This is obviously that, uh, a commuter tram, I'm gonna call it a commuter tram, that's what it, that's what it reminds me of. So he's on this commuter tram and there's all these other people that are, you know, he fits in because they're all just dirty looking and they're all just like, they don't make much and, you know, they're doing their best to stay afloat and survive. So he gets back into, I'm not sure exactly which, I think it might be Maz Eisley. Yeah, it has to be Maz, I believe it's Maz Eisley, he gets back into Maz Eisley, and uh, he goes to his little, uh, his creature that he rides, it's not a horse, it's like, it's the same creature from the end of um, episode three, I believe, um, and he gets on, uh, he gets it, you know, gets it ready so he can go back home, he heads back home to where he lives, he lives in this little cave area, Obi-Wan just walks in, and it's a, you know, spacious, pretty spacious cave, uh, he goes in, and, um, He's got his own moisture evaporator, this thing that um, helps, I believe, helps him get water and helps him get maybe, uh, humidify the, his area. I'm not sure, but a moisture evaporator he has, and um, he goes inside and he cooks his food, and I just love the little scenes of him cooking food and stuff like that. It's, it's really cool just seeing, like, how stuff like this works in Star Wars. Like, in real life, we have, you know, uh, TV dinners where you microwave it in the uh, uh microwave it in the microwave and um it unfreezes everything or it thaws it out and it just comes out steaming and in star wars they have their, they have these little things that they put maybe put some water in or put some liquid in and it just like makes it pop up and it's a giant little it's a little nice thing of food that he can eat so it's some slop that he's eating and he goes out and he just looks out in the distance and um of his cave and he's sitting down eating and this jawa this Jawa gets his attention, tells him he smells, he could smell him from Anchorhead, he tells him, and Jawas are funny to me, man, I just, I don't know why, they're just like, the way they talk, they speak Jawanese is what it's called, and um, it's just, it's such a funny little um, um, thing just to see Jawas in Star Wars, anytime I see them, I just chuckle, and uh, as Obi-Wan is with uh, this Jawa speaking, the Jawa is obviously trying to sell him these fucking broken stuff, just all these scraps that the Jawas... Now we know in the Mandalorian they steal. Well, I mean, that's kind of obvious. They always be stealing shit so they can resell to people. And um, he has this little toy ship that I recognized immediately. I'm like, oh, that's Luke's ship that he plays with in um, uh, A New Hope when he's just chilling inside of his hut, his house with um, R2-D2 and C-3PO. When he's, I believe he was giving them like an oil bath so he can clean them or clean them down, get all the sand out of them. But he's playing with this ship that... Now we see that Obi-Wan is going to give to him, and it's pretty cool. Um, the Jawa tells me to sell him, sell it to him for a hundred, and um, uh, you hear like this fucking machine go, it's like, like what the hell? Like his AC just went out, 
and um, it's his uh, evaporator, and the Jawa says, oh, you having problems with your evaporator? And he goes, yeah, LB1 says, yeah, I had some parts stolen, I need a new processor board. And the Jawa right away, oh, I got a processor board for you right here. And um, his name is, I believe is Tika, I believe is his name. So he tries to sell back the part to Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan's all like, if you're going to steal my parts, you could at least clean them. And the Jawa goes, oh, cleaning costs extra. A little fucking slime ball just tries to, basically just tries to upsell him on shit that he stole from him. And um, Obi-Wan goes and takes his other stuff, takes the stuff that he has, and he puts it in the corner. And the Jawa's like, oh, I got some other stuff. He goes, look, 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 look. I got this, um, I, 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 we stripped that Jedi's, um, ship uh, uh in the wastelands i believe is what they were, he, what he called it and obi-wan right away it's like uh it's a, a belt it's a, a belt that a jedi wore and i thought it was obi-wan's at first i'm like whose ship did they strip are they talking about the jedi that was running from the inquisitors and i believe that is the jedi he's talking about and you can tell obi-wan's eyes kind of like light up and like oh crap like they found this and um and uh so he's like, oh, yeah, we found the pieces of the from the Jedi ship. We found it in there. We scrapped it and we stole from it, basically. And Obi-Wan's just like, I've heard the Jedi are all but extinct. And, um, you know, then his little uh, encounter with the Jawa is kind of over. Um, we then transition to Obi-Wan uh, sleeping. Obi-Wan is trying to do his best to get some rest. He's trying to do his best to um, sleep. Obviously, he might have work the next day. And he starts having nightmares, nightmares of... Anakin nightmares of killing Anakin or suppose well supposedly killing Anakin on Mustafar and just flashbacks of their good times and then immediate just PTSD of their just the their horrible ending they had and he wakes up and immediately he try and he's alone in this cave and immediately he tries to talk to his master Qui-Gon talk to Qui-Gon and I think eventually we're going to see Liam Neeson or hear his voice or see his force ghost so Obi-Wan can speak to him I think when that happens that'll be great I don't think they're just going to tease it and just not show it. If this show is going to be one season, they got to show it. If it's if it's not going to come back ever again, they got to show Liam Neeson. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, we then uh, go to the morning where Obi-Wan gets on his, I think it's called an Eopi, an Eopi, Eopi, a little horse thing that he rides. And uh, he goes across uh, the desert and he gets to where um, uh, Uncle Owen, Aunt Beru, and Luke are at. And uh, Uncle Owen's outside, and Luke's outside. This is this is five-year-old Luke, I'm assuming. Five-year, no, ten-year-old Luke. I'm sorry, a ten-year-old Luke, and he's playing outside and everything. And uh, Uncle Owen's obviously trying to get him to do some chores and help him out. And Luke just kind of just like, nope, I'm a kid. I'm gonna run around and do my thing. And Obi Wan's watching him with his little visor, and uh, he's just obviously this is his job. Obi Wan's job is to keep be the watchful protector for Luke Skywalker. Now. I also want to note that um, before before the show came out, like I'm going to say maybe a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, I heard some rumors that the plot of the show was actually going to be about Obi-Wan, you know, watching over Luke the whole time. And eventually that idea got scrapped because Disney was like, it's too close to the Mandalorian. And, you know, I could see why they would do that. But also, too, it's kind of like, but that's his job. Like, you're telling me that, like, the Mandalorian and uh, Grogu are the only ones who can have a guy watching over uh, a child in Star Wars? That's not the only time that that's happened. Um, plenty of times. And, um, but, you know, he's watching over him, doing as he promised. And um, it's, it's just a great, it's just a great scene, you know, because you see young Luke, you see him playing around and stuff like that. It's just, it's just cool. And then we, um, 
we then transition to uh, Obi-Wan going back, going back home, and it's nighttime already. He spent the whole day just uh, watching after Luke and looking after him. And we see Obi-Wan going back on his Z.O.B., back at his cave. And we start seeing, like, these weird camera angles. And I, I liked them. I liked it. It was kind of like... It was like basically if someone had a camera and they were just trying to record Bigfoot or something like that. It's a shaky camera. And you see these things watching him or something watching him. And I'm like, okay, either it's Tus Tusken Raiders, which maybe it's, maybe not because it's night, or it's the Jedi. And it happens to be the Jedi. And the Jedi immediately confronts him and says, uh, Master Obi-Wan. He tries to... He's like, and Obi-Wan's like, I don't know who who are you? Who do you, who do you speak of? Obi-Wan's doing his best to cover up. Uh, his identity and the the the, um, the Jedi is just like I know it's you Obi Wan please like I need your help and Obi Wan just brushes him off like, I don't know who you are like I don't know who you speak of like you have the wrong person and um, the Jedi is just insisting on trying to speak with Obi Wan Obi Wan basically tells him like you need to go away from here like you're it's you have to go you can't be around here it's it's you arouse too much suspicion basically and the Jedi eventually leaves. Um, then we transition. Okay, so well, I want to I want to speak on this scene right now. Right away, I'm getting as soon as I saw this scene, I'm like I'm getting Last Jedi Luke vibes. Not to the extent of makes me hate the character and what they did. I'm getting vibes of like, and look, I understand this more than I do Luke's. Obi Wan is doing his best to hide his identity, and you can tell how much it, it hurts him to turn away a Jedi, to uh, not help the guy back at the um, at the meat process, meat cutting place that he works at. And you can tell it hurts Obi-Wan to be to have to tell this guy, no, I can't help you, I don't know who you are, and please leave me alone. You're going to blow my cover if you arouse this much suspicion. And this is, this, and uh, might I say that this Jedi is running from Inquisitors, so Obi-Wan is right to be like, hey, you got to get away from here. You're going to bring, you're already attracting enough attention. You're going to bring attention to me now. And if he does that, obviously he won't be able to watch over Luke. Because if he gets captured or if Vader finds out he's on Tatooine, um, it's going to fuck everything up. So I didn't like it, but I understand it, if that makes sense. Luke's in The Last Jedi, I didn't like it. And I also didn't understand it because it made no sense. This makes sense. So I'm going to give them a plus for that. So good job on that. There's a reason why. Because I'm guaranteed there's already going to be people, oh, this isn't the Obi-Wan we know. No fucking shit. Okay? No fucking shit this isn't the Obi-Wan we know. This is 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, after he's killed his apprentice, after he's killed his best friend, Anakin Skywalker. Well, supposedly killed his best friend, Anakin Skywalker, and watched him burn. That would fuck anybody up. And he hasn't used the Force since then because he doesn't want to attract attention. Because when, Jedi, when Jedis use the Force... Other strong beings in the Force can sense that somebody is using the Force, or they can sense the Jedi through their them using the Force. So he's doing his best, like, stay away from me. I can't deal with this. I can't be a part of whatever you're doing. Okay. Great scene. Great scene. I love the camera work here. But like I said, minor grievance. I just don't like how there's no transitions. I don't like that. I do not like how there's no Star Wars type transitions where the screen splits into two and it's a, a new scene. I don't. I don't like that. If they would have did that, I would have loved this part. I would have loved this, you know, show a little bit better. But mine, like I said, a minor grievance. They kind of won me over with the fixing the Inquisitor's eyes, but other than that, let's move on. So we then transition to um, right away. I knew this was Alderaan. Right away, I knew this was Leia. The flip side of the coin. We see Luke living in the desert on a farm. 
where you know they they seem like they don't make much they can live they have enough to live off of but they don't have enough to have an overabundance of to where they're a wealthy family on Tatooine which how many really are there because it's a it's a slave planet in the outer rim under control by the huts so who really has a lot of money besides high-ranking politicians and the huts on this planet so um we had the flip side of the coin we go to I knew it was like I said, either they're gonna show Leia, they're gonna show young Leia, ten year old Leia, on ta- on uh, Alderaan, and right away. And here's the one thing I don't like: um, the shots of Alderaan in the background look really fucking fake. Uh, they the CGI there it just no, I didn't like it. I really did not like it. I and I could be completely wrong, uh, but I wish that they would have gone on location to go shoot this. I can tell this is a, there's a green screen there, and some might say, well, why are you complaining? They do green screen for a majority of their stuff. Yeah, I understand that, but, you know, I just, it's just, this is, it's Disney, guys. Come on. They got a shit, t- they have a shit ton of fucking money, a shit ton of fucking money, and they can go on location. Now, they may have not gone on location because of COVID, but if you're going to go on location to a nice forest pl- place where there's a lot of trees and mountains in the background... I don't think that, you know, it's not it's not like you're going on location to a city like New York where you have to take a lot of COVID precautions, but another minor grievance there. I just didn't like the background. It looked really fake, but like I said, this is the flip side of the coin. Everything is nice. Everything is formal. This is Princess Leia. This is Leia as a child, and they're getting her ready for something. Not a, It's some sort of like gathering where people are going to, uh, maybe some politicians or speak. Her adoptive father, Bail Organa. And his wife um, are going to go speak, maybe. And um, we then, the mother, her mother then comes in to like, basically like, okay, let's go. And she pulls down the hoodie and it's a little child that um, she replaced, you know. She's like, oh, so I thought, she thought you'd get a kick out of it, basically. Like, that she tricked her. And Leia's just outside, running around, doing her thing, playing around and stuff. And it's just, this is cool. This is fun seeing, uh, we never got to see Alderaan, really. We never got to see Leia as a kid, and this is cool seeing Leia as a kid, we get to see Luke and Leia as children, 10 years old, in the show, so I did like that, I did like it, it was really cool, it was really nice, and just really heartwarming to see these two characters that we know, and we love so much, um, enjoying their times as a youth, as youth, um, well, at least Leia, I would say, her mother goes to find her, and, um, and her, uh, Leia's playing with her droid, and, um, her mother basically tells her, like, why would you do that, she's like, oh, mother, like, it just reminds me of Padme so much, like, she and, and Leia in the future, she's very just, what's the, how I say it? she's very, um, stubborn, uh, she's set in her own ways, she's, um, uh, how would I say, she has that personality about her, where she's like, oh, you know this is Leia, they did a really good job casting a young actress to play Leia, and, Children actors or actors and actresses are not always the best when they portray younger versions of their characters, not just in Star Wars, but in a lot of media and movies and TV shows. So good on Disney for this casting. And we also get a very nice conversation with um, her adoptive mother and Leia where she's like, you kind of just you just need to become a senator already. And it's just one of those things where Leia's like she doesn't understand what a senator does. Obviously, she's fucking 10. And she's just kind of like, all, we, all I do is wave. And she's like, well, becoming a senator is more than that. We do more than that. We, And it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, that's the reasons why Padme became a senator. Because she could do more as a senator than she could do be, um, you know, in her other position as a queen. And um, 
it's a lot in, I just love the whole dynamic. It's like, she's following in her mother's footsteps, but she doesn't know it because she doesn't know her real mother. Um, she only knows her adoptive mother. She gives her mother a hug. Very heartwarming. Just very nice scene. And then we go back to Obi-Wan on Tatooine. Uh, Obi-Wan back on Tatooine, and it's the same thing. He's working at the little butcher shop. I saw Star Wars Theory say it was a sh he's cutting sashimi. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that's exactly what that is, but he's cutting some sort of meat. I didn't know what it was. That was a cloth. It looked like Minecraft blocks that he was cutting. I don't know what the fuck it was. Um, but he's cutting up the meat. And he gets, he's back on the tram, heading back to Mos Eisley. And it's just, this is, and this is just showing that, that Obi-Wan's life now is just a, a routine. Go to work, clock in, clock out, ride the tram back to Mos Eisley, get on my, um, on, his, on my Yopi, my ride, ride, go back home, rest, eat, talk to Tika, <laughs> and go watch Luke the days that I'm off. And then that's it. So, um. It seems that uh, it, it's just a routine, and he's just gotten in the routine of just doing this. And it's sad. It's very sad to see this because you're like, damn, Obi-Wan was at this, the high of being a Jedi, a Jedi um, a Jedi Master. And now he's at the lowest of the lows where, you know, he is in this just monotonous daily routine of stuff he has to do to survive and keep his identity a secret. And... Um, it's just, uh, it's just one of those things. It's, it's really just like, it's just, it's, it's cool to see, but it's also sad to see. And when he gets back to Mos Eisley this time, um, he's getting about, about to get it back on his Eope. He's, you know, feeding him and stuff like that. And right away, Owen throws back the ship, the little toy ship that he gave to Luke when he was, uh, watching their, um, farm, uh, right before he left to go back to his cave. And he tells him like, we don't want it. Like, stay away from us. Like, stay away from my family. Stop spying on us basically and obi-wan is just telling him like, he the child has to be protected and he's i it's my job to protect him and Owen's just like like no you're not gonna just stay away owen is very abrasive towards obi-wan doesn't want because he knows that he knows what obi-wan had to do basically in the sense of he knows obi-wan was anakin's master anakin fell down the path that he went and he doesn't want that for luke obviously he's being a good uncle he's being a best uh good uh father figure i guess you should say for luke but um it's just one of those things where it's like it's sad to see it's very sad to see because you know obi-wan means well and uh uncle owen also means well but you can tell you can understand both arguments why obi-wan needs to protect him and also why owen wants obi-wan to stay away because he knows it'll attract attention and attention they do attract because right away the inquisitors are already back in town again trying to interrogate the people, trying to basically scare the people into giving up where the Jedi that they're looking for is. Reva wants Kenobi. She obviously is looking for Kenobi that was established already. Um, the other Inquisitors are just looking for the other Jedi. They kind of just think that Kenobi is just a... It's like, no, he's dead. It's gone. We've spent 10 years looking for him. We're not going to find him. Stop worrying about him. we got to find the other Jedi that are on the run or in hiding. And, and this is one scene that I did like. Like I said, I'm annoyed with Reva. I guess we're just supposed to be annoyed with her, which is fine. I don't hate the actress. No hate on the actress. Like I said before, if you don't like the actress, don't like the actors, don't like the way they act, don't like what their lines are given, don't get mad at them. Get mad at the writers. Get mad at Disney. It's not their, It's not the actors and actresses' fault. Moving on. So 
as she's um trying to interrogate the people some lady goes you have no jurisdiction out here this is the outer rim and fucking reva cuts off her goddamn hand and cauterizes that fucking wound right away i was like oh fucking shit she cut off her fucking hand like that was cool to see the, the hand drops very reminiscent of a new hope when obi-wan cut off um um that one guy's hand i don't remember exactly what his name was panda was his name i don't know he cuts off his hand or he cuts off his arm that guy he cut off upon his arm and in this scene she cuts off the hand a very reminiscent of obi-wan what he's gonna do in the future alec guinness does but it was really cool to see that i like see this is the type of stuff i want to see in star wars i want to see violence show me violence you don't have to show blood that's the cool part about star wars you don't need to show blood you just got to show you can show them cutting off limbs cutting off their head and you don't have to show blood so it's and that's the thing you can get away with it basically um she cuts off her hand and um uh, it's just one of those things so she's basically trying to ask people find out people who if anybody knows where um anybody knows any jedi if anybody's hiding any jedi and um she sees uncle owen uncle owen kind of looks over at obi-wan who's hiding off in his little um docking area where he has his um eopi at and obi-wan's kind of is hiding in the background and owen kind of glanced over a little bit not obvious but she goes up to him and says are you hiding any jedi he goes no and he talks about i don't i don't like i hate the jedi i don't want i don't like the jedi and he basically does his best to cover up for his family so there's no suspicion around around him and she threatens him and uh the other inquisitor basically tells him, like no like leave him alone like we gotta go we have to go and uh, she tells him, i'll see you next time or next time owen and she walks away and uh yeah so she she's just all see i like how she's ambitious but also too she's not the grand inquisitor like the grand inquisitor should be the one doing this there's a, i guess there's a way that they do their things and usually jedi or inquisitors who do stuff like this end up getting killed by vader like what's the thing they say this in like what like the mob and like mafias and stuff you're you're too ambitious like basically like you're you're too smart for your own good where you try to go above and beyond and do stuff even though you're not told to and I think that her doing stuff like this is eventually going to result in her getting killed by either Vader or the Grand Inquisitor. Um, so, uh, her and the uh, other Inquisitor, I, I can't remember what his name is. All I know is he's played by the guy who plays Han in Fast and the Furious. So, for those of you who are wondering who that guy is, Han is playing him. And that's pretty cool. Um, I'm not a big Fast and the Furious fan. I just want to put that out there right now. So, don't start thinking I know a bunch about Fast and the Furious. I've seen Fast Five, Fast Nine, which was god awful but fucking hilarious about how bad it was and it's in Hobbs and Shaw which is probably my favorite Fast and the Furious thing ever just because it doesn't have anybody else from the Fast franchise except The Rock and Jason Statham which I love that movie it's it's a it's a guilty not even a guilty pleasure for me it's just a funny funny good enjoyable movie back to this um so she goes into an alleyway she gets into an argument with the other inquisitor he basically tells her like you're too impulsive like you gotta you can't keep doing stuff like this who are you trying what are you trying to do who are you trying to impress and she basically says i'm trying to get what i'm owed so this is this is just more hints that she is a former jedi she just wants she feels some sort of connection to kenobi in the sense of like she's maybe have felt betrayed by him and just uh, she senses him and knows he's there but she doesn't it's just one of those things. It's one of those things where it's like, I know she's going to get killed. She's going to die. And she's just arrogant, impulsive, like the other Inquisitor said. And um, 
she just basically just doesn't, she says that this whole place is beneath them. He tells her, like I said earlier, they've been looking for him for over 10 years. He's gone. Like, there's no point. There's other stuff we got, the other Jedi we have to look for. And she's just a bitch. She's just a fucking bitch. And she has her own things that she's after, obviously. And he's just basically like, you know, the Grand Inquisitor's not going to like this. And, you know, you're not following what we're supposed to do. You're trying to, you're going out for your own best interest, basically. So, um, we then go back to, um, and also I, I want to say here, uh, you know, I still don't really like her character. It's, but I think we're just not supposed to like her. I don't like how she acts. She like, she acts in her own best interest, which I get it. But also too, it's like, I, I hope they don't do something where it's just like, she is going to get away with all of it. And then, you know, she's just like, oh, nothing happens. Like, she's going to get punished. This stuff doesn't just go without punishment in the Empire. So something's going to happen to her. But we go back to Alderaan where um, uh, obviously they're going to have some sort of giant meeting, some conglomerate. I don't know what who is meeting there. We are then introduced to Bail Organa. I see. Here's the thing. I don't know if this is the same actor that played Bail Organa in, uh, I believe, episode two. Or maybe even episode episode one, two, three, Rogue One, and then now. Um, he might be, but he looks substantially uh, or significantly older. Um, he doesn't sound exactly the same, unless I'm just completely wrong on that. He here's the thing, because we see him in Rogue One, and Rogue One takes place right before A New Hope, and he doesn't ha he doesn't really have any gray in his beard. And this thing he has, or his goatee, and in this one he has a lot of gray in his goatee and in his hair. So it's and he looks a lot older. Now, I'm not sure if it's the same actor. I've looked at pictures and I I can't really tell. It looks a lot like the same actor, but again, if this is supposed to be this is supposed to be him, ten years after Revenge of the Sith. Unless he's just one of those senators, like they like go on about how you know senators have to look their best, even when we look older, we gotta dye our hair and stuff like that to look younger and stuff like that. That we represent our people, you know, continuity air. Like, hey, they should have dyed his hair, bro. If if he doesn't look this old in Rogue One, he shouldn't look this old now. So another minor grievance there. But then again, the actor has when was Rogue One filmed? Rogue One came out in two thousand sixteen. Rogue one, Rogue one was probably filmed in 2014, 15. So it's been almost 10 years since this actor's been in Star Wars or filmed anything for Star Wars. Almost. Well, maybe like eight, seven or eight years, I would say, give or take. But another minor grievance there. Um, they uh, they have Leia all dressed nice and everything, and they go past their people. Princess, princess, everyone, everyone loves Leia, and she's waving to everybody, and... They're telling, you know, you're not more, you're more than just a princess. You're our daughter and, uh, you're going to be something big one day. You're going to, this is all going to be yours. You're going to, you're going to be the one to lead the people and everything. It's, it's a cool little thing. And they're at the party. Um, she's there with her, uh, she meets her family and their cousins on their, on their little docking bay where they all land at first. And then they go into their party and everything. Her cousin's a dick. He's a fucking asshole. Oh, you know, you're not a, you're not a real Organa. I know, I know where you really come from. You're not really one of us and blah, blah, blah. And she basically, she just goes off on him in her own little snippy way, which is, Hey, yeah, give it right back to this motherfucker. Make his ass feel stupid for trying to insult you and say, you're not a real Organa. She's not, but still like, she doesn't know that. So she, I'm glad that Leia didn't just cower and go cry in the corner. She, no, she got pissed off back at him and she snapped back at him and there, and, um, 
uh, Bail Organa basically tells her, like, you know, you got to go apologize to your cousin. I don't want to apologize. Like, he said all this stuff. He said, I'm not a real Organa. And they have a very heart-to-heart conversation. I also want to point out that the fucking background looks fake as fuck. I don't like it, bro. It looks fucking terrible. It looks really bad. Now, obviously, I know they can't build... They can't build this whole set piece into a mountain to look off into another mountain, but... I'm getting Black Panther vibes where Wakanda just looks fake as fuck in the background as a green screen. And, you know, Disney, you guys got a shit ton of money. You guys got to, uh, I don't know what they're spending their money on, but it's not its not looking real. It looks fake as hell. But they have this little conversation. And um, after that, she kind of, after they have the conversation, a very heartfelt conversation, she tells her, you're going to be the princess. You're going to be the, well, he's going to be a lot more mad in the future because you're going to be the one bossing him around telling him what to do. And she kind of like smiles about it and everything. It's just good. He's uplifting his, his adopted daughter. And it's just really good. It's just, just nice little uh, dialogue back and forth between Bale and Princess Leia. She then sneaks off to go run around, go play around again instead of being part of this whole conglomerate. Um, and earlier when she was playing around, when her mom brought her back inside, we see the back of the head of this guy. I didn't know who it was. And um, we see him again. And he says, Princess. And he gets her attention, and then he basically tries to kidnap her and chase her. And then we have another scene that I did not like that kind of took me out of the show. Another slow-ass chase scene of these three bounty hunter-looking guys who can't even catch a 10-year-old child. And it's like, come on, you guys can't be that dumb. You know what it would have been cooler? If they would have put up their blaster and they would have had the, um, uh, they would have had stun, and they would have stunned her with the uh, blaster, shot, shot a stun um, round at her, and knocked her out. That would have been like, oh, crap. These guys mean business. These guys are just trying. These guys don't give a fuck if they're kidnapping kids or whatever. Um, but they didn't. They had to chase her around, and they look like dumbasses trying to chase after this 10-year-old kid. Now, one could say she's the daughter of fucking Anakin and Padme. Of course, she'd get away. No, 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 no. I don't like stuff like this. It makes the other characters look like complete imbeciles, idiots, idiotas. I didn't like it. It was really dumb. They eventually get her, and uh, we go back to um, Obi-Wan on uh, uh, Tatooine, going through the motions again, stealing some sashimi, stealing some meat, and he's back in uh, Mos Eisley again, and a crowd is gathered around where the Jedi that tried to find Obi-Wan and get his help has been hung, he's been killed, and he's hung up in front of everybody, so they can see. It's a very sad scene. Everybody, some people are sobbing. It's very sad. Obi-Wan kind of looks... And you can tell that Obi-Wan has the regret in his face of like, fuck, like this, I just saw this guy and I could have helped him. But again, he can't because if he does, it's going to blow his cover. And it's, it was a very sad scene. He then goes back home and immediately he gets, um, he gets, uh, on his, um, little hologram beacon. He gets a call from, he gets a beacon from Bail Organa. Bail Organa is trying to contact him and basically tells him like, we need your help. We, I, we need you to help. Um, our daughter's been kidnapped. Please, like, we need you. And he basically tells him, I'm not the guy you once knew. I can't. I have to watch over the boy here on the planet. And he goes, she's basically, she's just as important as him. Why can't you go after her? And and it's kind of true. Like, she is just as important as him. But she's not the one who defeats Vader. She's not the one. They're both important in their own ways. Leia's important for the uh, political side. Luke is important for turning his father back. And... To, uh, the chosen, the real chosen one, to where he can, uh, he brings balance to the galaxy with Anakin help, helping helping Anakin see the light again and kill uh, help his son. So they're both very important. So I understand that argument there that he had. They they are both important. 
Obi-Wan agree, uh, reluctantly agrees. He goes and finds his lightsabers that he has buried out somewhere in the Dune Sea. He gets them out. You see Anakin's lightsaber there as well. Really cool seeing this scene. Um, that means it's kind of funny because that means somewhere around there in the future, Ray's lightsabers are fucking there uh, in the future for Rise of the Shitwalker. Um, and it was a really cool scene, a really cool scene. And then Obi-Wan, uh, you see he's in Maz Eisley trying to get onto a transport. He kind of has some hesitation. Then he realizes, like, yep, okay, I'm going to go do this. And this is a really cool episode, a, a really cool ending. Obi and you see his lightsaber hilt swing off the side right there. It's really cool. Uh, just awesome to see Obi-Wan, like, this is, yep, I gotta go do this, this is, this is happening, um, I don't like how nobody is there to watch Luke, nobody's, there. I, I would have thought that the Jedi, Obi-Wan would have said, okay, if you can, like, I'll help you, if you can watch the child, if you can watch Luke while I go save Leia, they didn't, and then eventually, and then Obi-Wan can come back, and then the, like, the third episode, or, or the uh, second episode, or whatever, Obi-Wan comes back after saving Leia, and then he finds the Jedi is dead. He's hung up and strung up, but the Jedi didn't give away Luke's location. That would have been, I think that would have been a lot cooler, but it didn't happen. So, the episode's over, directed by Deborah Chow. First episode, I'm going to give it a solid, solid 7.5 out of 10. Rewatch value, um, mm. Rewatch value, I don't know. Um, I'll probably give it a, I don't know. I, seven and a half out of ten is, is being very fair. It's being very honest because I did point out what I did not like. But I'm going to go ahead and just give it a, I don't know. Rewatch value anytime soon? No. Probably certain scenes, but like, you know, I could do without the chase scene. I could do without the scenes on um, on Alderaan. I could, I currently, I honestly, like, as beautiful as they are and as cool as some of them are, just seeing uh, Leia interact with her adoptive family, I honestly could give two shits about, you know, politics and stuff like that uh, for whatever the fuck the Organas are dealing with. I don't care about that stuff. I just want to see Kenobi and Vader. And, you know, this next episode that I'm going to talk about, we're going to, we're definitely going to hopefully get the ball rolling a lot more. So, anyway, on to the next episode. Episode, or part two of, uh, of Kenobi, a Star Wars story, or Obi-Wan Kenobi is what it's called on Disney+. And uh, we open up with um, Obi-Wan arriving on the planet Dayu, the planet where Leia has supposedly been taken. And um, I, I just, I love the visual of this planet. This, see, I think it fits a lot better because it, you can, the lighting is darker and it makes the CGI look a lot better, more um, realistic and it makes it pop a lot more it makes it you can just see it the signs hanging up everywhere uh, with um a different types of uh, alien language written on them uh, for different places and just the different background characters i i think it's it's a lot it's it just does better for me than uh, other planets or than tatooine not tatooine alderaan does for me you know because this is the first time i believe we're seeing this planet and it to me it's a lot cooler looking than alderaan so great start already on the visuals of this episode um we learn right away that obi-wan tells a guy he's trying to uh, track a ship that he's been tracking a ship and the guy tells him like hey this is a place where people like their secrets and right away we know this is a this is a crime infested planet this is a planet that's dark gritty and there's a lot of criminals here that don't want their secrets to be known they don't want to be tracked and it's going to be, you know, prove very difficult for Obi-Wan to be able to safely get across this planet if, you know, he doesn't, you know, reveal his identity. Um, he then starts walking. 
And uh, he, he calls out to Qui-Gon again. He's like, Master Qui-Gon, if I could use your guidance, I could really use it now. And then right away, he goes, spare some change. And I was like, is that Cody? No, it's not Cody. Bro, we see a fucking 501st clone. Tamura Morrison, my fucking man, is back. He's playing an old drunken clone veteran from the 501st, part of Vader's Fist, that... So probably most likely was there during order 66 begging for some credits and obi-wan looks at him kind of just like oh oh shit and the clone obviously doesn't recognize obi-wan he's looks like he's drunk he looks like he's just had enough he's just old and you know he's been phased out of their um out of the whole uh, empire and it was really cool to see and uh I, and he's all his hair is all frizzed up he's all he's got a long uh unkept beard and everything he's got his helmet out his helmet looks like it's been blasted a couple times and it's dirty, and he basically like oh, and Obi Wan spares him some credits, and Obi Wan just kind of moves along. I just, I just thought that was so cool. See, stuff like this is what makes me love Star Wars, and what makes me love, um, what makes me love um, just little like planets like this. It's just so cool. Like I can, I can imagine playing a Star Wars game, and you, it reminds me of, like Red Dead, like Red Dead Redemption Two. Like right? you run around, you walk around Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption Two, and like San Denis, and there's so much stuff going around. You got all these encounters with random strangers. And this just seems like something we could do, like, if you were playing a Red Dead Redemption 2-style game, but if it was Star Wars, and you're walking around a t um, Dayu, and then all of a sudden a clone just, excuse me, can you spare any change for a veteran? And it's just like, oh, that's just, it's so cool. Yeah, and you can, like, maybe give the clone some change. Like, that's just something that I could see in a Star Wars video game that I love seeing here that just helps build the world, and you see, you know the after effects of the empire it just it's really cool i really enjoyed it and also because i'm a fucking big fan of tamir morrison so i wasn't a fan of what they happened in book of boba but i'm hey here this this was cool this was really cool um obi-wan that is uh walked uh then conf not confronted but he's then approached by a girl trying to sell him spice uh all these different types of spice one of them was felution spice and um he uh she basically just gives him one here here's one in the house and she gives him one, and then she walks away, and obviously it's going to come into play later on in the episode. Um, we then have a kid, uh, and here, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, I didn't really care for this. Like I said, kid actors can be cringe, kid actors can sometimes not be cringe. He wasn't cringe, it's just like, I didn't, you know, you don't need a kid to come be the actor for her. You could have had like some, you know, a teenager or a... Um, a young adult come up to him he basically tells him oh you're looking for somebody uh i can i can bet i can help you uh, i know a jedi that can help you find this person and i'm like oh another jedi who's it gonna be and we then reveal kumar nilanjani who is playing a supposed quote-unquote jedi that helps people on the planet find things or track things or helps them get off world and he's just right away I, I, here and i'm gonna be honest right here I don't care for Kumar Nilanjani. I don't think he's funny. I don't think I don't like seeing him in a lot of stuff. See, seeing him in this show kind of just like takes me out of it a little bit. I don't I don't like seeing certain actors uh, in shows that I just don't care to see them in. Like, like that's like if I saw The Rock in Star Wars. I don't want to see The Rock in Star Wars. That to me is just like no. He doesn't belong in Star Wars. He's too big of a name. It's it's one of those characters that he'll just bring you. Like imagine if you saw John Cena in Star Wars, like no, or if you saw um, uh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo in Star Wars, it just be like what? It'd take you out of it. He's one of those actors for me that just takes me out of it. I'm like I don't care to see you. And 
they kind of saved it for me because right when I saw him, I'm like, he's a fucking Jedi. Are you serious? Like, come on. I like to see unknown actors play Jedi. I don't like to see actors that are very well known play Jedi. Um, now one might say, what about what about Liam Neeson? What about Qui? Or what about um, uh, Mace Windu and uh, Sam Jackson? Look, those are exceptions because at the time, see, Kumar Nanjiani doesn't play a fool. It plays a fool and plays a dummy or plays a the comedic relief character in most of his films. Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Liam Neeson don't do that and didn't do that at their films at the time before they were uh, shown in episode one. So you know, that's like originally Tupac was supposed to be Mace Windu. That was like a thing thrown out that the Tupac could have played Mace Windu and then he died. I wouldn't have liked to see that. I think that would have been terrible. Michael Jackson was also supposed to play Jar Jar Binks, supposedly. I think that would have been terrible too. And Michael Jackson is my favorite performer of all time. So seeing Kumar Nilanjani as his character right away, I just like, oh, fuck me. I don't want to see this guy. Um, Cause right away he's doing all this like comedic stuff. Like, Oh, he's helping this family, like helping get on a transport. And he's talking to some guy, he's opening up windows and stuff like that and everything. I'm like, okay. And, and, and then I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe he's not a Jedi. Cause I'm not getting Jedi vibes. I'm getting like, he's just fucking with people and he's trying to make a quick buck by kind of scamming people. And he helps his family escape. And I'm like, did he just set that family up to get killed? Or did he actually help him escape? And we didn't find out that he's an imposter Jedi. He's just some scoundrel who's trying to, um, just trying to, um, uh, to make money. And, and he's got this, he got this kid that helps him find people in need that he can basically pretend like he's a Jedi and scam them out of a few credits so he can, um, get by and make some money or make a quick buck. So I kind of did feel a little better. I'm like, okay, you know what? I, I'm not, I don't hate him, his character as much now. Cause he's not really a Jedi, which is like, all right with me. Um, uh, Obi-Wan then goes in there and, um, he asks him, how did you get in here? And he tells him that he needs help finding, um, he needs help finding, uh, 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 his daughter. He's, he's pretending Leia is his daughter. He needs help finding his daughter. Uh, she's been kidnapped and he needs to find her. And he tells her, I can help you. Uh, I can help you for the right price and all that sort of stuff. And Obi-Wan basically says, you're not a Jedi. You're an imposter. And he pulls out all these magnets and stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. He's not a Jedi. He's an imposter, which is, Hey, that's fine with me. That's fine. With me. That's, this is something I probably would have seen in a video game. Like, but like I said, I just don't like seeing the actor Kumar Neil and Johnny. He's not funny to me. He's just, uh, it's just, I just don't find him funny. Like when I saw him in Eternals, I was just like, oh God, this is the comedic relief character. And to me, in my opinion, it's not funny enough to be comic relief and not everything needs to have comic relief, but this was fine. I just didn't, I don't care for him, but you know, again, I, it's not a big grievance. If he would have been a Jedi that was on the run, like an actual Jedi, I would have been a lot more pissed seeing him, but finding out that he's an imposter, fine. I, I'll tolerate him here. Um, Obi-Wan kind of just like, is like, yeah, you're, you're not a Jedi. He pulls all these magnets and stuff and shows that he's faking it. And, um, Obi-Wan calls him a rat and he's like, you're going to help me. He's like, yeah, I'll help you. He's like, can I trust you? He's like, definitely you can trust me, which is like, you can't really trust this guy, but Hey, Obi-Wan listens to him. He tells him like, if you're going to look for the sewer, you're going to look in the sewer, you know, you're not going to, you know, it's going to be hard. You're going to have to dig through and you're, it's, it's not going to be easy. Basically, Obi-Wan breaks into this spice lab where they're cooking spice. And this reminded me of breaking bad. I'm not the only one who said, it. I've heard other people say it too, but it, it was just really cool seeing like this little underground drug operation on this planet of Dayu is pretty cool. He's disguised and stuff like that. And, um, uh, 
what's it called? Uh, right before he, right before he does it too. It, it's um, I just love the way Obi Wan carries himself. You know, he obviously he see us the audience would see him and go, "That's a Jedi. That guy dresses like a Jedi." These guys haven't seen a Jedi in how long? Aren't worried about looking for a Jedi. They're worried about their own business. They're fucking whatever the hell they're doing. And he moves like a shadow, basically. Like he's like he knows how to move. And I like just like the way he walks around. He you know um, stroking his goatee and just kind of like you know pulling the hairs on his goatee, like hmm, like thinking and stuff like that. It just reminds me of Obi Wan. That's the the um what's the word for it? The um the physical acting here is great from Ewan McGregor. So I just want to put that out there. Great job by him. He he's got the physical part down of just like movements, uh, ways that he walks, the way he like, you know paces himself. It just does does a really good job here. So he breaks into the spice lab, um, and he causes a distraction by making one of the spice uh thing that's something that's making the spice is blue liquid. He makes it explode, and he makes the guard who's guarding the back door that leads obviously to some stuff that other people that work there aren't supposed to see. The guard gets distracted, goes to the explosion, or the little mini explosion, and then Obi-Wan sneaks back there, and as soon as he walks back there, um, uh, a Zabrak of a species of Darth Maul is like, what are you doing back here? And then Obi-Wan, uh, and he elbows another guy, and try, and he gets struck in the stomach, and he gets his ass kicked for a short period of time, and look, I had no problem with this, Obi-Wan is still trying to, um, he's still trying to, um, he, he's not as... He's rusty, I would say. He's rusty in fighting. He hasn't had done a lot of hand-to-hand combat, obviously, in a long period of time. Um, unless that they show it later in the episodes. If, if maybe they do a season two, he starts fighting Tusken Raiders like he does in the comics so he can stay in shape. But maybe this is the first time he's fought in, in 10 years, and you can see it. And he barely just gets by. He uses some... He looked like he used some Steven Seagal Aikido shit that he was doing here. And that's what it reminded me of. I was, I was like, did Steven Seagal train Obi-Wan Kenobi? That'd be funny if they show Steven Seagal. But then again, you know, I can't really say that if I don't want to see Kamarnil and Johnny. But that it just... I don't know. It was like he did some Steven Seagal type moves and took these guys down. He goes into a cell where he he supposes he's looking for Leia. He goes inside there and it turns out it's a some droid or a little... Uh, not a droid, but like a... a um, a stand-in that made it look like it was Leia, and the guys who came in, who uh, kidnapped Leia in the previous episode, um, and at the end of the episode of the first one, where they, um, you find out that they're working for Reva, and she hired them to kidnap them so they can draw out Kenobi and kind of flush him out of Tatooine, where she knows he's hiding, and have him come to rescue Leia, and they all corner him, there's three of them, and um, Obi-Wan, and, oh, and also, I just want to note this, I knew I recognized the voice and I recognized the face of the actor who's playing the leader of these little this this three guy these three group band of these kidnappers. That is the guy who plays Needles in Back to the Future Part One and Part Two and Part Three. He's the guy who's who um at the at the um at the uh, in Back to the Future Part Two who gets Marty fired by trying to get him to um swipe his card. And uh, he gets him fired. He's also the guy at the end of Back to the Future Part 3 who tries to race Marty when we find out that Marty got in an uh, accident with his truck with Jennifer when um, they were racing on a street and he accidentally hit some uh, a nice-looking car and it broke his uh, – he hurt his hand and he wasn't able to play guitar the same again. That actor, I recognize him. So if I'm wrong, I'll admit I'm wrong, but I swear to God that is the actor who played Needles. I recognize the voice and I recognize the face, but – 
that I don't know. I love Back to the Future. I'm sorry. That was just it was such a cool thing to see. He uses the spice that he got from the girl earlier. He basically uses it to go everywhere and it kind of just knocks them out and it makes them hallucinate and stuff like that. They're on the ground. They're done. He goes to another cell. He finds Leia. Leia right away tries to uh, use a little diversion to run away from him because she thinks it's one of them. And he tells her, no, 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 I I'm come here to save you. I I'm here and I'm here to save you and we got to get out of here. And she doesn't believe him. Who are you? She's trying to find out who he is. And she's skeptical. She's a smart little girl. She's trying to do her best to like, you know, figure out who this guy is. And Obi-Wan has to, you know, keep his identity secret. But he's also got to do his best to get her out of here and like, let's go. We got to go. And so after he leaves those three kidnappers in a pile of their own sweat and slobber and spice, um, they said before that the um, at Riva, the grand, the other not the grand, but the other Inquisitor is on her way to basically like come get her and come confront Kenobi and everything. And after they escape, he goes out with Leia, and Leia's just kind of like, "You're aren't you? Are you a Jedi?" And he's like, "Shh, don't like keep it down, like keep it on, don't say anything. You're gonna blow my cover, and I'm here to save you." And Leia is stubborn, obviously, and she tries to, like, uh, to, uh, he's like, we have to get on the last transport to get off this planet so we can go. She goes, okay, let's go, and turns around and almost runs into this giant, like, monster or this alien who just kind of, like, makes some noises and growls at her. And it was very reminiscent of um, Luke on, um, uh, Luke in A New Hope, where he um, he's uh, confronted by that uh, Ponda, whatever his name is, where he goes, he doesn't like you. Like, you know, kind of like, oh, you're, you'll be careful. Like, you're messing with some people who are on this planet that are not too savory and not too, you know, polite. So be careful. And then he tells her, hey, like, come on, from now on, you do what you're told, right? And she goes, yeah, I understand. And this is right where I would have told her, like, look, I would have been stern with her and been like, hey, you have to follow exactly and do exactly as I say, or you're going to die. They want to hurt you. They want to harm you. I'm here to save you. Your father, Bail Organa, sent me. And I would just like straight up just told her like, you got to do what I say or else you're going to die. Now, some might say that's a little too violent, but hey, it you know, you got to do what you got to do. Reva on her way the um, to those kidnappers finds them all messed up on spice and everything. Uh, the other inquisitors then arrive and they basically tell like, what are you doing? And she says, tells her them plan. I just brought her here as bait so we can bring out Kenobi and the Grand Inquisitor basically goes off on her like you know what are you trying to do here you're what is this power you know you're trying to hide all these schemes that you're doing behind everyone's back and no you're not going to keep doing this and she goes back and forth with him and he tells her like I'm going to go get Kenobi for myself and I'm going to be the one to bring him in not you and basically just kind of like putting her in her place and then she disobeys them again and puts out a bounty on Kenobi so now all these people know that Obi-Wan Kenobi is on the planet all these bounty hunters it reminded me of John Wick when at the end of John Wick 2 when everyone finds out that John there's a bounty on John Wick he's excommunicado and that's it's reminding me of right there once after Kenobi so I don't know if she was trying to Deborah Chow was trying to you know kind of mimic that a little bit but um yeah so um as that whole thing is happening uh, bounty hunters start chasing after and going after Obi-Wan. And it's kind of crazy because there's one bounty hunter who's got the head of a velociraptor. So I don't know. I think that was kind of cool seeing a velociraptor as a bounty hunter or as a, well, it's actually kind of true because there actually are a species of, uh, in Star Wars that are actually velociraptors that Vader ends up confronting in one of his comics. So I, it's kind of cool. I like seeing velociraptors in space in Star Wars. That's pretty cool. Um, so as him and Leia are trying to make their way through uh, Dayu, 
uh he tells her to put on these clothes and he goes to purchase them and she goes oh the gloves so she tries to she has him makes him buy gloves for her too which is cute and kind of funny and um he uh as they're trying to escape they go down an alleyway and a bounty hunter tries to attack obi-wan obi-wan takes him down and she goes who was that he says a bounty hunter and she already starts growing suspicious of kenobi and everything and he tells her he can't use the force because it'll attract attention to them um and uh, the grand inquisitor he um and his men are basically like all right we got to find him extinguish him let's we got to kind of flush him out and get him and uh one of the inquisitors shows that there was a bounty placed on him and he obviously the grand inquisitor knows that um reva's the one who put the bounty on her so he kind of just like like Ugh, like god dang it i gotta deal with this shit now so um after that um we get um leia and obi-wan and she's just kind of like sulking in the little corner and everything and then a beacon goes off where it shows that obi-wan has a bounty on her and leia right away just just immediately just like what is that why are you on that thing why is the beacon show you on there? You're not really a Jedi or you're probably the kidnapper. He's like, no, you have to trust me. And she goes, why should I trust you? You're probably the kidnapper. And she runs away and has this really stupid, another annoying chase scene already in two episodes of a little child, a 10 year old child that running away from a character that should be able to catch her quickly and not in Here's the thing. I don't see any cameras anywhere. I don't see people in the area besides when she runs into the crowded place of people Use the force and pull her back. Get over here. No. But then again, it might scare her even more. But she's over here doesn't believe he's a Jedi, so prove you're a Jedi and just, you know, I don't know. Another scene that kind of just took me out of it. And right away, she she runs through all these people, bumps into a couple, un, uh, you know, un, a couple characters. And she's like, oh, crap, I got to get away from them. And she starts climbing this ladder, gets on this building while Obi-Wan's chasing her. And somehow, she's just faster than Obi-Wan and just run at this slow speed. But it's just like... She's basically like one of she's basically like the speeders from episode three of Book of Boba in human form. She's somehow so slow, but can outrun all these people. And um, she's running on the rooftops. And as as Obi Wan's chasing her, a bounty hunter starts firing at him, and it's like, uh oh. And then Reva, who's playing fucking Batman or Batgirl, is hanging out on top of one of the rooftops and sees the fire going on or sees the shooting going on in the background. Obi Wan has his blaster and he's shooting back at her. And right before that, uh, er, right earlier before that, Kumarnil and Johnny shows showed up again. Uh, the kid comes up and is like, yo, we had this guy. Like, look how much they're paying for him. And he's like, all right, let's get him before everyone else does. I just forgot to throw that in there. So throwing that back in there. Back to where we are. They're on the roof. They're, they're shooting at them. And um, Reva starts doing this. Ugh, I hated this, too. This took me out of it. Reva starts doing these this. Uh, she starts chasing, jumping uh, across the buildings, and she she does one thing where she forces down like this bridge or something like this, or this piece of metal, so she can run across it. And she does like a she does like a a front flip to it's just front flip to land. Like, why are you doing front flips for? Just jump, just go across. Like it's just like it's like the spinning trick. And like I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. And the finale of Book of Boba. Why are you spinning what in the middle of this battle to to do a cool looking uh, shot? No, jump across. Why are you doing front flips to like, oh, look at this front flip. Wow, I'm so agile. No, just jump across the goddamn fucking building. Uh, that's stupid. It's just so stupid just the sake of having a stunt woman or the sake of having a stunt man just do stuff that just had no need being in there. It didn't need to be in there. Just have her jump across. And um, so as this whole thing's going down, Obi-Wan's pinned down. He's missing all of his shots. Leia ends up falling off the building and she hangs onto this little piece of, on this, on this like, 
this wire or this like something that she's holding on to. Obi-Wan tells her don't don't let go. She falls. He ends up using the force and he saves her right before she falls and hits the ground and he saves her. And uh, then um, they both get down or he gets down there to go um, go help her. And uh, they both run around and they try to get to the transport, but then they realize that obviously that there's stormtroopers guarding it, that there's basically no way they can get off this planet on a transport. Then Kumarnil and Johnny shows up again and he's all like, hey, uh, go to transport eight. I can help you. He's like, why are you helping me? He's just, I'm trying to make amends. I'm, you know, I feel a little bad for what I did. Not really, but I'm trying to help you get back and, and help you help you out here. So he tells him to go and he points at this thing that this cargo ship that they can stow away on. And, um, they go to the cargo ship, and right before that, right after that happens, uh, Reva then um, confronts Kumarnil and Johnny, who pretends to be a Jedi. She obviously right away knows he's not a Jedi, and he tries to trick her. It doesn't work. She then uses her powers that she has. She has some sort of mind-reading powers that she can use with the Force, which kind of doesn't really make any sense and has a little bit of a plot hole there for me because why couldn't she read Uncle Owen's mind earlier and she's able to read Kumarnil and Johnny's mind so easily? I don't know. Like I said, another little thing, uh, kind of bad writing there, but she finds out where um, Obi-Wan is headed. Obi-Wan and Leia get to the cargo par cargo ship. He tells her to go inside and wait for him. Here's this little thing to activate it and so close the doors. And Reva shows up, ready to confront Kenobi. He's hiding behind a bunch of boxes up there. And she's basically just going after him, saying that Anakin Skywalker lives. Anakin Skywalker's Darth Vader. I don't know how she knows Anakin Skywalker's Darth Vader. Maybe because she's the like pointing towards the theory more that she's the one of the kids in Order sixty six that Anakin, um, when Anakin was there and she saw Anakin as Darth Vader, and just heard a bunch of rumors. But again, you know, she reveals to Obi Wan. Obi Wan kind of just like freezes, doesn't know what to do, and he's hiding from her. The Grand Inquisitor then shows up, and it's all like you disobeyed all this other stuff. And I'm going to be the one to take him in. Reva then blindsides the Grand Inquisitor and stabs him in the chest with a lightsaber. And when I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck? This guy is alive in Rebels, which takes place way after this. How the fuck is he dead? And she stabs him. He goes on the ground. So I think his species, I read somewhere that his species has two stomachs. Uh, so maybe it's just a flesh wound for him. He's got to go into back to tank, maybe a back to pod. I don't know. Um, uh, but meanwhile, while all this commotion is happening, Obi-Wan's able to escape. He's able to get onto the uh, cargo ship and, uh, Leia closes the door and right away he remembers Anakin and he just starts to sh right away. Like he says, Anakin's name or Vader's name. He says Anakin's name. And right away we get a shot of Darth Vader, Hayden Christensen inside of his back to tank pod. And he's, breathing and it was so fucking cool so fucking cool the way to close off the episode and obi-wan just shakes in fear as he as he remembers anakin and realizes that anakin's alive vader's alive and the episode closes off with vader's breathing really cool shot really cool thing i'm gonna go ahead and give this episode a, a 8 out of 10 uh and 8 out of 10 for the set piece i liked where they i like the set piece a lot better i'm just getting tired of seeing tatooine so much i'm so fucking sick of tatooine I'm so sick of desert planets. It's just uncreative at this point. Um, but hey, it, it was a better set piece. It looked a lot better on film. This one did. Um, I didn't like the chase scene. I didn't like um, how they stabbed the Inquisitor. Is he dead? I hope not. Is there another Inquisitor? I, a Grand Inquisitor? I don't know. But he might not be dead because in Star Wars, no one has ever. Nobody's ever really gone. So um, 
But yeah, 8 out of 10 for this episode. Reva, I still don't like her. I don't care for her. Um, we're gonna Hopefully, we're going to see Darth Vader in the next episode because we have four more weeks of this show. So, better get the ball rolling. I'm not, I better not see any fucking filler. I swear to God. I don't want to see any fi- We have no room for any filler. It's six episodes. So... To get these episodes out of get these episodes out and let's enjoy them. I give the first one a seven point five out of ten. Eight out of ten for this one. I would rewatch this one probably mm, I would rewatch it, but I still won't rewatch it that much. But I'd rewatch it over the first one any day. So so far, this show has been so far these two episodes, it's alright. I still don't like how there's no transitions like Star Wars. Um I don't want, I'm tired, I don't want to see any more fucking older Alderaan, I don't want to see any more shit, shit set pieces during the day, like Alderaan, so, but, um, you know, I'm still excited to see more, I can't wait, I think I'm going to be a lot more excited when we see probably more flashbacks of Clone Wars, or of Order 66, hopefully we do, I want to see Hayden Christensen as Anakin again, hopefully we do, I'm not going to get my hopes up, but, you know, I would, ex- I kind of would expect it out of a show like this, but, like I said, uh, here's the thing too. I saw that Ice Cube and his son are supposed to be in this show. I don't know where the fuck we're gonna see them, uh, but that's gonna probably take me out of the show a little bit too. I'm just putting that out there. But um, yeah, maybe his Ice Cube more than his son, but um, I don't know where we're gonna see that guy in there. So, and I love Ice Cube, but you know, I don't think he belongs in Star Wars. But um, yeah, eight out of ten for this episode so far not that much rewatch value, you know, some people may debate me on that, but that's fine, I just expect more, and I expect a lot, uh, I just expect a lot out of Disney, but I shouldn't be surprised, because they don't, they don't, they haven't hit the mark recently for a lot of stuff for me, Star Wars and Marvel included, but we're not going to talk about Marvel, Star Wars, but, um, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed this review, um, I did my best to remember everything, um, it's I, I'm just praying to God that the show is going to pick up the pace a little bit more and we're going to see a lot more action. And I just expect a lot more out of this show and I hope that I'm not disappointed. So, um, yeah, I, I also saw that it's somewhere that someone said there's a Mark Hamill cameo walking in the background somewhere on this planet. Not like young Luke, but like a Mark Hamill now. I, I don't know. That's, I didn't see that. It's kind of cool if that's true. But, um, yeah. So hopefully the show gets better. Hopefully uh, it's not a disappointment. And I'm going to keep my head up for this show. And I hope you guys enjoyed this review, this recap. Um, And yeah, I'll see you guys in the next episode when we talk about uh, Kenobi next week. And uh, this has been the No Limit Lab. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you and have a good night. But wait, hello there, there's more. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of the No Limit Lab where I did my best to review and go over what we saw in Obi-Wan Kenobi, a Star Wars show, TV series, miniseries, on Disney+, Plus, whatever the hell you want to call it. I did my best to give you guys a good review there, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. But guess what? You guys do know that we do teasers at the end of each episode now, and the teaser that I'm going to be giving you is that we're going to be going over Obi-Wan Kenobi, a Star Wars story, TV show, miniseries, whatever the hell you want to call it. Part three that comes out next Tuesday or next Friday, but either day, either way it comes out, you guys are going to get a review here on the No Limit Lab, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I will see you guys in the next episode when we come back to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi.